Welcome to Barely on Topic, episode 321. I'm sorry, I just saw your face, Tim, the, the position you were in, and I, I almost laughed. But anyway, <laughs> this week I'm here with Jeff and Tim and animals, assorted varieties. Yeah, animals um, around here somewhere. Yeah. So, hi. What up? Hey. Jeff, you never sound yes. more white. You never sound more white than when you say what up. <laughs> <laughs> well, shizzle, yeah. <laughs> but anyway. Word up, A-Town down. I just want to start off the, the podcast saying a few things. One, congratulations, the U.S. women's hockey team, on that spectacular final game, the gold medal game against Canada. Oh, gosh, yeah. I like, stayed up man. until 2.45 to watch that and the medal ceremony. And trust me, between the end of the game and the medal ceremony, there was about, like, 40 minutes of watching the Canada, uh, Canadian women cry and the U.S. women celebrate, which, you know... I Watching a TSN broadcast, were we? <laughs> uh, no, it was, it was NBC. It was NBC. <laughs> Maybe they were sharing one. But anyway, it was fantastic. That was great, and it makes me... It makes me think that I should probably follow the women's game a little bit more. I I, I have been, uh, I am remiss in not following it as closely. It was just fantastic. That outcome makes me really happy. Not a good, not because I go in for jingoism or at all, because of course I don't. But um, like that's a super talented group of women. And it's so good that they got to win gold together after, you know, disappointing s silvers in both Vancouver and in Sochi. They've played together a long time and some of them weren't coming back for another Olympics. So bravo or brava, I should say. And this comes after the year where they had, you know, where, where, where they were, you know, threatening U.S. hockey with um, uh, boycotts if they weren't properly compensated for the vast amount of time they were going to spend with the national team. Right. Right. So because like all of them had to sit out NWHL this season until well now there's going to be a shit ton of signings this moment. But and not to mention <laughs> have to move to basically down to around the Tampa area or wherever they were training. I know they were tramp uh, they were training down in Tampa for uh, for a while. So that means like they don't even work their their normal jobs if they have other jobs. They they're not working those either. So yeah, good for them. I mean, you want you want things to be equal. You got to treat them equally. But like, I think after make, making the demands and getting the concessions, turning around and winning gold is a really good look. Yeah, it's a big win for them. And <laughs> something the only the only qualm I have, it does kind of stink that it ended in a shootout. But That's that la that, the game winning goal was freaking insane. She like she would have deked any any goalie out of their pads at at all times oh gosh that that goal is gonna put uh, jocelyn lamoureux in like you know the bobby carpenter michael ruzzioni hall annals of u.s hockey oh absolutely was it jocelyn or was it monique i get them it was jo it was jocelyn's goal. okay yeah. okay i think monique tied it well, the the Lamoureux sisters, they did a fantastic job along yeah. with the rest of the women. <laughs> and I think they were some of the ones that were on their, la their probable last Olympics, too. So that's, you know. Right. Uh, Hillary Knight, this was going to be her last one. And she also scored the first goal. You know, who knows? Guessing it's, Megan, guessing it's Megan Duggan's last as well. 
Amanda Kessel might be the only one with another game of the big ones for the with another game with another game center. Maybe, <laughs> but you know, she was so doubtful after missing Sochi and oh, after yeah. with with the concussion. You know, I mean, it was amazing that she came back. That's true. I, there was a point in time where she was saying she was retiring from international play. Yeah. 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 <laughs> she had a very serious concussion. It took her a very long time to come back from that. So congratulations to them. That was fantastic. I just want to say another thing. Congratulations to the U.S. men's curling team. That was a fantastic match, too. <laughs> the mirror curl on ice. Absolutely. I have never been so captivated by it. And I, I have, trust me, I've watched a lot of curling, but I've never really been captivated by a game or a match of curling like I was that one. That was real. Oh, God, that was real strategy. It was fantastic. Canada's having a bit of a crisis because that one's like, yes, it was Canada's most successful winter games yet, e- even more so than uh, than Vancouver. But then they managed to get silver and bronze in the in both men's and women ho- women's hockey, and then didn't and then didn't win in uh, in uh, in curling either, mm. <laughs> which is I find very amusing. <laughs> I, I I do like I, basically I do like seeing the the certain the, the modest amount of misery in in the. Uh, in my adopted country when their jingoism falls on its face as much as I do of my country of my birth. Um. <laughs> I will say this. Just don't mock Canada about it because they come after you. Holy cow. Uh, a sports radio talk show host jokingly after uh, the women won and then the men's curling beat them tweeted out, hey, Canada, anything else you want us to beat you at today? Just kind of joking, just kind of joking around. And oh yeah, my yeah. gosh. He got ratioed hard. Yeah, angry Canadians bring um uh, bring receipts, and right now there's a lot of receipts on America's ledger. So yeah, he, yeah, he, he he got hit hard. He got like a BuzzFeed article about him. He's gonna be on some Canadian podcasts. I mean, he was a good sport about it because I mean he was doing it all in good fun. But yeah, for the, listening to that, listening to his, I listen to their sports talk radio show in, out of Portland, uh, pretty much every evening. And listening to the listening to that night was hilarious because he was reading all the tweets off and he was pretty much like the most hated person in Canada for like a couple nights. The uh, German Foreign Office, the uh, German uh, Office of Diplomacy. Oh, this was beautiful. <laughs> After Germany beat them in ice hockey to go on to the gold medal round, this is what they released as a tweet. Travel advisory. Germans in Canada should exercise a high degree of empathy. Be nice. Don't gloat. Give hugs. Buy rounds of hot chocolate. Just imagine how you would feel if Canada beat us in soccer. (laughs) Boom. Roasted. (laughs) Well, no, I'm just saying I thought that was kind of a nice thing. It It was basically like, you know what? This is an amazing win, but don't rub it in their faces. Okay? Just be very nice. (laughs) <laughs> yes uh so the curling team the the u.s men's curling team started off really poorly and then won every match to get up to the gold medal and they won that one as well likewise the german men's ice hockey team started off poorly in their tournament and went off went on to win game after game to get it to the gold medal round only to lose to the Olympic athletes from Russia. But you know what? This silver was the best medal they had ever had, uh, had ever attained in, in, uh, in men's ice hockey. So for them, it's kind of a gold. It was their Wunder auf Eis, 
And they did it with a goalie who's named Danny from the Birch Trees. Danny Austenbergen. Anytime I get to speak German, you know I love this. Very Nobody nice. else cares about the Germanized. Ah! Well, you know, I mean, I got, you know, things. I, I As an, another side Olympics, um, U.S. women managed to win the first U.S. gold in cross-country skiing ever for either ge- for, for, for either gender. It's kind of a big deal. Um, meanwhile, I'm a 37-year-old Norwegian, um, uh, Merit Bjergen, who's probably the best all-around athlete on the planet. I will not be taking questions at this time. Took bronze for becoming the winningest cross-country skier in all in history or something like that. So, you know, this is a, a moment in things that interest only Jeff. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> the Olympics, they're wrapping up, but they, these were a few of our moments that were really awesome. Some of them are tangentially related to hockey. They all involve, they all involve frozen things, so it's okay. It's all hot. So I can talk about my freezer, because it involves well, no, frozen okay. things. It's, it's all people with thing, with funny things on their feet sliding on, uh, on on things that are frozen. And before you go on, yes, you wear special shoes in curling. One has a metal plate on the side to slide on. The other one is rubber, so you have grip, so you can kick and slide. Oh, I know. I know that <laughs> Matt Hamilton had special ones made. So he could look really cool. And also, I was going He's to, the man. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something about, like, before you say you wear funny things on your feet to slide to your freezer, you could have made it funnier, Jeff. I could yeah, have, Jeff. but I went into that, but I went into that without a plan, you see, so. <laughs> could have been so much funnier. Come on Jeff. now. Yeah, Jeff. <laughs> Poor Jeff. Jeff is going to, like, next week, he's going to be like, I don't have deal with those dingbats <laughs> all this week <laughs> and then it'll be like oh crap what are they gonna say about me this time Fuck. <laughs> we said nothing but nice things about you tim yeah <laughs> that actually checks out yeah <laughs> We all know I only like to make fun of Jeff when he's not here. <laughs> and when he is here, too. <laughs> okay, that's enough I feel like me not having camera anymore acts to my advantage because I don't. you don't get the gratification of seeing the look on my face when you do this. Oh, um, but I can imagine one. I could call up the many ones in my head. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we have some things that we have to talk about that are actually Bruins related. I was very considerate of them to do what appears to be all or most of their 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 work before we record this episode, so it'll it'll still be freshish when it when it when it hit when it when it hits the streets. Right. Very considerate of them. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Let's start with the first one. Nick Holden, defenseman from the New York Rangers, who are our most favored partner, I guess. Apparently so. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff gets to gloat here a little bit because he was partially right on this. Yeah, yeah. I had, of course, uh, last week suggested that the Bruins who would look at Grabner and Holden as a pair of depth move, de- as a pair of depth moves in a bundle. I was rather quickly proven right on the Holden front. Bruins did okay on that. They paid their 2018 third and uh, Rob O'Gara for him. Yep, yep. I, I mean, th- it's a shame to see O'Gara go, but like he was quite a ways down our le- our organizational left uh, defenseman uh, depth chart at this point. He, yeah, yeah, he he wasn't he wasn't looking to make the team anytime soon. That left side is pretty solid right now. Well, yeah. exactly. We get 
three guys at the NHL level, and he was also more effectively, at least long, you know, beyond this year, behind all three of Zabora, Lauzon, and uh, and uh, Vakanainen, and possibly even you know, even Johansson. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, he, he's his be- his best case future anyway is going to be Trotman. Age, you know, we're going around one year here, one year there, signing passes, signing um, uh, uh, two way deals, and spending them in the, in the AHL. Yeah, he's he's Trotman or he's Warsawski. We've seen enough of these guys. You know, we know what we we know what they're about. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not sad about that. Um, they shored up the the lefty at the NHL level right now, so they have a well, seventy who can do that. That's to say, we have we have a spare lefty, which is great because we've been rolling, of course, eight rostered defensemen now. But both of our spares were right D in, of course, Postma and uh, and McQuaid. Now we have a full on fourth pairing in Holden McQuaid. Yep. Yep. All right, so let's move on to Frank Vitrano. Yeah. Frankie, we hardly knew you. No, we, we, we knew him. We we just didn't like what was what, what we saw of him after a while. And yeah. They got good value for him though, and I mean they had just traded their third round pick and they got back a third round pick that's gonna be even better. So they kinda of move they moved up in that oh, sense. Quite a bit quite a bit better. Yeah. Um, because it's the Panthers' third round pick, and the Panthers are um, uh, worse than us. Uh, considerably so, yes. Yeah. Um, just just to give uh, some um, uh, sense of where that pick's going to be, the cat the Cats are currently twenty second in the league. So that would be the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. The tenth pick in the third round, which will be seventy two overall. Hmm. Oh, for Frank Petrano, who was 72. Holy shit. <laughs> it all makes sense now. <gasps> Galaxy brain meme. Um. <laughs> <laughs> See, it works out even better than we thought. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I mean, and Frank was found money. And we got some good, we got, you know, we got some good use out of him that first year of his contract. And, and then he got injured. Yeah, and he's been a good sport about his usage all along, at least publicly. I like Frank Vitrano. I'm, you know, not thrilled to see him go, but like to see us get a third for him when I honestly thought he was guaranteed waiver and claimed or even waiver and clear. So yeah, they they weren't gonna qualify or they weren't gonna they weren't gonna sign him again, right? Yeah, yeah. So so it's it's so, okay. The, the, you know so what? Ba- so basically, we traded Vitrano and O'Gara for Holden and to trade up in the third round. Yeah. All right. Seems good. That's 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 exceptional. Um, if you treat them as the same trade, that's that's outstanding. I just want to say that um, David Pasternak he uh, he posted a picture on Instagram um, after the team dinner that they had when they had Nick Holden had actually made it up for the team dinner. And I guess they were in Boston. They took uh, took a picture outside. It's a little chilly. And poor Frank Vitrano's face was obscured by Sean Corrales' hand because he was like reaching out. But he was in the picture. And now that I'm a little sad by that picture because it was a good picture. It was fun. He he posted it basically with one word, family. And now two of the guys in that picture are no longer with the team. Right. Okay. So why don't we, uh, let's move forward there. So yeah, the big one happened this morning. We'll circle back to other things, other th- other trade things that annoy us. For now, we'll stick with Bruins. So, Rick Nash, huh? Yeah. The other R. Nash. Yeah. Nick Rash. Yep. For a 
pretty good package, all things considered. Like we gave up a lot, but considering the the diversity of what we got out of it is uh is pretty good. So to to summarize, we we um uh, we get Rick Nash with fifty with the Rangers retaining fifty percent of his salary. In exchange, we have sent them a first round pick in twenty eighteen. Uh, the rights to Ryan Lindgren, Ryan Spooner, and Matt Bolesky with 50% retained by Boston and a seventh round pick. So, and the important thing though to remember is that they're retaining Bolesky's salary at 50% of his salary through the remainder of the contract. Yes. So two more years after this one, which given that he had lost his roster spot this year and was basically no chance of, get, of reclaiming one in future in future years, either I think so. Swallowing some, swallowing half of his salary is a is a good trade off. Right, right. Look, I I have no problem with getting rid of that that contract. Um, I don't know how many times I've personally traded Brian Spooner. We had a prop bet which we all lost on trading Brian, uh, Brian Spooner. So it's like um, I'm not sad. I mean, he was working out pretty well, but probably not the ideal obviously i worry about the team chemistry that had been built up but you know we'll get into that a little bit later and i'm not i'm not big on nash i'm just not big on nash i have my reasons i think he disappears i just i i think that maybe he was having a good year in in new york but i just i don't know i i have my doubts that that's going to translate I just, that's how I feel. Well, no, here's the thing. For starters, he's not having a good year in New York. Oh, okay. Um, so I, I haven't paid attention to what he's doing in New York. I'm just he, saying. He, he kept, so because the rags are so bad, his scoring's been pretty piss poor this year. Um, however, 15 of his 18 goals or whatever it is are, are at even strength. So there's a good place to start. If you look at some of his advanced stats, he's um, uh, gently underwater with respect to uh, Corsi 4. But... His Corsi relative, that's to say the amount of shot attempt events he creates relative to his teammates, is like a plus four, which means he's dragging a garbage team up and down the ice. Likewise, his uh, expected goals for percentage, a stat I hate, but I'll say it anyway, is, is over 50%, which means, that is, which means that not only is he taking, he's taking over half of the high quality shot, um, uh, shot att- shots on goal. And shot, no, sorry, shot attempts. So that's to say, from areas where people score a lot when he's on the ice, relative to other, to, to the other team. So I think there's, and I will say this as someone who's been skeptical about whether or not Nash was even kind of appropriate for this team. I think we may have been underselling him, and to the point where Nash may have actually come into the deadline here somewhat underrated, which is a little counterintuitive. I know. Uh, I'm gonna choose to remain positive about it. Completely. I like the deal for a few reasons. Um, Nash could help some, get some scoring for the team. He could score us some goals, win us some games. That's awesome. We don't have Bolesky anymore, so that's a positive. Spooner wasn't going to be re-signed at all. So, Probably not, yeah. I mean, moving him, you know, good luck to him. I hope he succeeds wherever he goes beyond this year. Um, so there's that. And we dealt from a an area of strength in terms of the prospect. So I don't, I liked Lindgren, but at the same time we have players that we have prospects at the same position that are projecting to be much better. And um, to be honest, his style of play is a pretty easy defensive prospect to replace. 
How uh, do do you think it's likely that Spooner is going to be flipped? Because TSN had a thing where he was ranking pretty high on the list of players that are likely to be flipped again before the deadline. Mm, well, He's number eighteen um, on that list, by the way. Okay, so we know the Jets are looking for a centerman, right? They were they were in on 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 Broussard, which apparently is why the Golden Knights got involved in that. Anyway, we'll get to that. Yep. And um, of course, they were supposedly very much in on uh, Plakanich, who, of course, just after the Rick Nash trade went on, went from uh, the Habs to the Leafs. Mm-hmm. So. Um, there's not a lot of centers on the market right now. Okay. Like very, very few, especially now that both Brazard and Pukanich have moved. Like basically the, the centers, that, the guys who are centers who could conceivably move are like Galchenyuk, whether or not he's a center or not, it's another question altogether. And then there's not a lot of others that are pending UFAs. Center's kind of weak position this year. One of the, uh, one of the other candidates, uh, Mark Letestu, just moved as well. Yep, he's back with Columbus again. After a very weird three-team three, three team trade. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, so basically, um, uh, okay, Nashville traded Pontus Aberg to Edmonton for Mark Letestu, and then uh, Nashville traded Mark Letestu over to Columbus for a uh, draft pick. I think it was a third or fourth round draft pick. Which I find interesting that... Pontus Aberg's not really done any enough to really make it seem him seem materially more valuable to to uh, Edmonton than a fourth round pick. So I don't really get it. Um, well, I know that Edmonton Edmonton wanted to get rid of Latestu. It just wasn't working. Well, and he's an expiring contract, and they're shit. So of course they're going to. Yeah. So it was <laughs> it, you know Latestu basically went back to his old team via Nashville. And it's funny how it was written up on the NHL website because it was like, uh, oh, just in case you didn't know, he was previously traded to Nashville from Edmonton. It's like, well, I didn't know that, but now I know it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just trying to get Ryan Spooner back to his dogs. You know, Ottawa's going to – who the fuck knows with Ottawa? Because, of course, Ottawa is now, in addition to the Broussard thing, which we'll get back to, has also put Burroughs and Oduya on waivers. (laughs) <laughs> Aduya was supposed to be one of the guys that could move at the deadline here, so that clearly worked out. And, um, well, Alex Burrows. Piece of shit. Fucker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that piece of shit. I it really bit the bullet on that one. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Nicely done, Timothy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what you get when you bite the hand that feeds you. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, anyway, I just want Ryan Spooner to get back to his dogs. That would be so great. That would make me happy. Like, I, mean, I want a happy ending were, for Ryan Spooner it, because he's been a good soldier <laughs> through all of this. You know what I mean? He's been such a good trooper considering, you know, for both deserved and undeserved, he's been fucked around a fair bit by this team over the years. Right, right. As I said, both deserved and undeserved. It goes both ways on that one. But he's been a very patient, good soldier on the matter. Just it is please time don't for him. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, if he ends up in Montreal, they'll be trying. Hey, well, oh my God. Oh God, no. Splinter would. Oh no. Oh no. No, Claude, don't do it to him. No. There's <laughs> one outcome I want for Ryan Spooner. I want him to get up to Ottawa with his dogs. That's it. Well, now remember, the only reason his dogs weren't in Boston was because his apartment wouldn't allow big dogs, which means he just, you know, chooses more carefully wherever he ends up. He can bring his dogs there. All right, fine, perfect. That's what I want. 
That's what I want for Ryan Spooner. I want him to have a stable situation where he can have his big dogs. That's it. And his small dogs. All of his dogs. Have them all. Hire a dog walker. I, I don't care. Let's do it. So, so. anyway, yeah. <laughs> so between Spooner going out and getting rid of the and getting rid of Bolesky, this some um, that's a pretty substantial chunk of cap space next year. Some of which projected in the case of Spooner is cleared up because Spooner is scoring enough. He's going to get four, four and a half this year, and he's not worth that to the Bruins. We knew that. So I think generally this is positive, both shorter and longer term for the Bruins. I agree. I, I understand your concern with Nash about in the playoffs, but I think he's got better teammates than he ever did in all those playoff runs in the in, in the Rangers. The Rangers, Rangers only made those deep runs because of Lundqvist, right? Yeah, but you know what? And he's a winger. Not a lot of wingers can be expected to be the guy. And that was his problem. That was his problem in Columbus too, right? He's 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 a good winger. He's not a winger that can be the guy. He's not an Ovechkin. Look, then fine. <laughs> then don't be paid like the guy. Well, that's not our problem. No, no, I know it's not our problem, but. But that's what I'm saying, is that, you know, don't demand to be paid like the guy if you're not the guy. That's the problem I have with him. He reminds me of fucking Tony Romo, okay? The guy <laughs> who can, like, you know, commands a certain salary and he can get you so far, but he's not going to get you anywhere, really, in, in the scheme of things. He has the same fucking smirk, too. want to smack his face. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to re- be reserved. I'm not, I'm not positive on this. I'm not really, I'm uh, I'm a little bit negative on it, but I'm not going to sit there and be a jerk and actively root against him. I just, I don't see it. It's so frustrating when I don't see the same thing other people see. If you don't have to give your second line sugar soft minutes, like they've had to with Spooner, with over the top ozone starts in which Nash remedies this specific problem, I think that's a big deal. If you can give, if you can trust that line with slightly, with slightly more conventional second line minutes, and of course it's still going to get easier minutes than the Bergeron line, and you're going to give a lot of really awful, brutal, awful, nasty, disgusting minutes to the fourth line. If you can balance the zone starts between your second and third line, I think the team does get a lot better here. And Spooner, for all the good he does, and it's quite a bit, was you couldn't fix that before. I think this 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 moves the needle in that regard, if nothing else. The other big thing is it's a big move, and it puts both the Leafs and Tampa on notice, I think. And to a certain extent, it is an asset that, okay, well, again, in terms of the East, the Pens did move first. We'll get back to that eventually. It is a power move, and to make the first power move forces the other teams to be stupider in their power moves. Let's just hope Tampa's power move isn't Eric Carlson. Well, yes, if their their power moves Eric Carlson, then it's, you know, then it's, it's game fucking over, like... One, I got to tell you, I love, I, I don't even want to comment on that. I, I feel like I've talked that part out or maybe just heard it a lot. I, I don't want to think about Eric Carlson and Tampa Bay, even though I suggested it a few weeks ago. I, I just want to say, one, I love giving the fourth line those dirty minutes, those awful minutes. Great. Because no, no, usually no one does that. Even good, even good fourth lines usually get sugar soft minutes. This, this line doesn't, though. I love seeing a line change where you go from the first to the fourth line. Yeah, baby. That that's good. Ah, God. Okay, I love that about our fourth line. Give it to them. Give them those dirty starts. I love it. <laughs> Do you think that Don Sweeney has been trading <laughs> with New York <laughs> because he feels bad that Tim Schaller destroyed them? <laughs> 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 uh, 
<laughs> we were being too serious, guys. <laughs> On a related note, does, does Tim Schaller owe Holden and um, uh, Nash an apology, or is it the other way around? <laughs> or, no, or, or, or do they owe him thanks, rather? Uh, uh, yeah, I think they owe him a thank you. for. <laughs> and I now I just want, when the trade call went in, I just want, like, you know... You have the NHL office on one line. You have the Bruins on one. You have the Rangers on the other. And at the end of it, Sweeney going, sorry again for ruining you. And then boom. <laughs> I think that Valentine's candy is still half off if they want to go find that somewhere. <laughs> but anyway... They sent him Spooner. He's willing to spoon with the Rangers. Man, I gotta tell you, I think I think one of the, the saddest parts about this whole thing is that in the last week, we've had to retire the Frank Vetrano Microsoft Paint version that uh, that had been made on the website for Frank Vetrano, and the Spooner one. The one the Spooner one had the big spoon from uh, from what was that? Uh, rejected oh no i can't i can't use the that that gif anymore no oh, now i'm sad your spoon isn't too big anymore i think we need to mourn that yeah that's like there's like less sound garden in the in the bronze memes now too mm, yes oh oh my god wait a minute did you know zidane Chara is a huge food fighters fan and <laughs> secondly he was like totally, I forgot what song it was, but he was totally like jamming out to it pregame. It was amazing. Sorry, I'm a little obsessed with Zidane Ochara lately, and I'll talk about oh, that a little it's, bit more. It's because that, it's, it's, that his Instagram is perfect. I'm <laughs> in love with his Instagram, and thereby in love with him, apparently. Um, okay, yes, I, I'll say it now. I actually want to have a podcast dedicated to talking about his Instagram. I almost, I'm like, really close to getting Instagram just because of Zidane Ochara right now. I've, I've, I've been going back and forth for exactly that reason, Tim. <laughs> I am on Instagram. You can see cute pictures of my dog and things I bake. And Yeah, but those all go to Facebook, too. <laughs> and Twitter. <laughs> so, like, I can still see them all. Well, fine. I still get I'm going to withhold them from both of those now. Why? I enjoy seeing them on the timeline. <laughs> It's, it's. I don't do this for me. Oh my god! I enjoy seeing like dog pictures and stuff on the timeline because like Twitter is a cesspool ninety eight percent of the time, and then every so often you get dog pictures. Well, first of all, you need to follow We Rate Dogs and Darth. Darth is always all about cute animals too. You know? I mean, I would also encourage them. Uh, um, I'm following everything goats, but that's just me. Yep, that's good too. But <laughs> I, the only way I get through my Twitter feed is if I have a fair amount of animals that are going to just pop up. So that's that's how I do that. But then, okay, ready? I was just kidding. Instagram is a really terrible interface. Um. <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is it better in browser than it is on mobile? It is better in the browser, I think, because it's not so compact. Like, you can actually understand, like, comments and how they lay out and stuff. But it's just a terrible commenting system. It just, like, you know, if you're used to Facebook, that's one thing. If you're used to Twitter, that's another thing. And, and Instagram has something that's worse than both of them. Um, <laughs> uh, I just don't like it. It's just, like, everything is awful. But 
Zidane Chara's Instagram is fascinating and wonderful and Brie from DOY. And I had uh, been talking about that this week and I suggested, oh my God, we should make a, a podcast about this. But I don't know if she'll be in for it because she's very busy. I only want to do it twice a month. And I think maybe I'll start doing it in the summer or something to take I can hear that. your dog snoring, by the way. I know, isn't it adorable? <laughs> oh, that's what that is. Yes, Vegas is here. She is snoring because she likes to sleep right next to Mummy. Um, we are in an alternate room. Uh, I'm not in my, my normal recording area because I wanted to watch the Preds game and now I'm watching The Office. And <laughs> I'm sitting on the daybed and uh, Vegas loves to just, she loves this room. All dogs love this room for some reason, and she likes to get up on the daybed, and so she's curled up next to me, snoring away, and I'm petting her, and I'm feeling nice and calm. This is very good. See? I got a dog because it would calm me down, and uh, she snores on the podcast. I think it's great. <laughs> In fact, ready? Go ahead, baby. Snore. Oh, that's not snoring. You're awake now. She's like, what'd you do? Okay. <laughs> she she sniffed it and uh, she's like, it's not for me. And she's going to go back to sleep now. And now I'm going to fix that microphone. And there's a whole bunch of audio I'm going to have to fix, but that's fine. But anyway, yes. Uh, okay. So yeah. Uh, where were we? We were Instagram and they know Chara's thing and my grand plan that I'm working on. Yes, you should. You should join Instagram just to see it, but you can also just look at it on a browser without joining unless you just want to join and just follow him and maybe david posternock um you know if you want to follow those two and then you can just look at those two things and then i'll be silently offended every day no i'm just kidding <laughs> we've strayed a little bit off course okay so rick nash trade and let's why don't we talk about some of the other trades that have been going on well no there's two more bruins moves today first let's let's just get those out of the way first in, that's a decision you can make. The Bruins uh, have signed Brian Gianta for a prorated cap hit of 700000 for the remainder of this year. Because reasons. Hey, that's U.S. captain Brian Gianta to that's you. That's U.S. zero points in five games at the Olympics, Brian Gianta. That is 39-year-old, just uh, born just... Uh, uh, just Months before the Miracle on Ice, Brian Gianta. That I kind of really enjoyed the deal at first because everyone was freaking Months, out about it's it. It's a no, no. It's full year, VA, because he's a January eighteenth, seventy nine. It's an entire year bef before the um, uh, before the miracle. All right, no. fine. That is Brian Gianta, who was born a full year before the Miracle on Ice, Gianta. Not to be confused with the mirror curl on ice yes. or the Wunder auf Ice that just happened. This is, of course, um, uh, Brian Gianta, 35 points in 82 games last season, 33 and 79 the year before, 35 and 60, in 69. That is Brian only broke 40 points once since 2011, Gianta. So that's Brian. He's your 13th forward, and we hope to never see him play Gianta. Yeah. Yes, and there was the question after the the Vetrano move and then today's moves. Okay, so who was going to be the thirteenth forward? My thought was that the team still had cap space to play with, about a million before the Gianta signing. But it'll no, about two million before the Gianta signing. But it'll go back up to two million when Paul Postma clears waivers. 
tomorrow at noon, and Paul Possum is going to clear waivers tomorrow at noon. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yep. and, and and honestly, we that that's fine. He was not very good with us. Uh, he was a seventh defenseman, and then an eighth, and then now he's a a Providence defenseman, probably. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, the team has space if they wanted to acquire a better 13th forward, you know, sort of late in the day tomorrow, they have the cap space for it. Just wait for the prices to come down if you just want depth. I would be hard-pressed to do worse than Gianta, but then Gianta's also signed now, so here we are. Uh, you know, I'm not upset about it, but I don't like it. I'm just kind of meh. Yeah, I just don't understand why. I just like that everyone freaked out about it. <laughs> there is that. I mean... Okay, you have to remember, earlier this week, there was a Jerome McGinley sighting down in Providence. He was practicing with the P. Bruins, and basically it was, uh, Don Sweeney said it was just a favor to a former Bruin to just allow him to have some ice time, right? McGinley lives in Chestnut Hill. You know, nothing's coming of this, at least not this year. And who knows if he's ever going to play again. He's just rehabbing for the surgery. I suspect not. I think I think McGinley's done. He just, you know... He needs to get there on his own time, on his own terms. That's all. Right. Right. That's fine. What I'm saying is, is like, um, you know, so it's like when I heard about that and when there was speculation, I was like, and then now it's like we hear about Gianta and I'm just like, I I feel like it's almost like it's a favor to do to somebody to sign this guy for a very short amount of time because it's prorated low money. Well, and you know what? You know, there's a few other players that went on waivers today that would, if you're going to look for, you know, some garbage bin um, uh, 13th forward guy, that you could you could, could claim for nothing. You see Okanen went on waivers today. Lance Belma went on waivers today. Both of them aren't very good at this point, but like, yeah, I would venture that Jokinen's no worse than Gianta. Belma might be, but you know, okay. Or hell, Chris Stewart went on waivers today, which I find immensely hilarious because um. Chris Stewart got waived the same day that Ryan Spooner finally got traded from the Bruins. Chris Stewart has been like a trade deadline um, darling now, every but this year. Is a big deal. This is a big deal because you remember um, there was all this hope that the Bruins were going to go for Stewart for Spooner in a second. And then, of course, you know, wisely didn't. Oh, my God. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. Sheer, that was, that's my a few God. years ago now. But I just like this. I thought that was delightful that, uh, that Stewart went on waivers today. The day that Spooner finally left the Bruins. Point being, anyway, any of those guys, yes, even Chris Stewart would be pretty good waiver pickups as a 13th forward. But nope, well, we signed Brian Gianta. Okay. Yep, that was a decision that Don Sweeney made. It was absolutely a decision that he made. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I mean, and then I mean, there were some good things there. Again, you know, they finally um, uh, waived Paul Postma, which is cool. The postma did not. Yeah, he didn't even ring once, let alone twice. (laughs) (laughs) That's basically it. (laughs) Not even in rain. Not even in not in rain. Not in shine. Sleep. Sleep. Did not deliver. No, 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 he did did not. In terms of postman achievements, he's like Costner postman. Oh god! Um, <laughs> oh, that was terrible. <laughs> I don't know. He, he he's more like Newman. That time he starts hoarding all the mail <laughs> on Seinfeld. <laughs> Let's just say on, on the scale from uh, on the scale from, from from Kevin Costner, the Postman, to Cliff Clavin, he's a lot more Costner. And he has less teeth than you would imagine. 
But you know what? I do want to say one last thing about Paul Postman, because we'll probably never talk about him again. This week, when he was in Calgary, he got to have his dog. You know me. I'm all about the dogs. He got to see his dog, and his dog was on the Calgary ice for practice, and it was so adorable. And it just sort of drove home the whole, please, NHL, listen to us about the dog hockey thing. Oh, yes. I have seen so much dog... so many dogs on ice so much dog hockey this week i'm just like no 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 dog hockey seriously make that instead of the all-star game get their dogs to play if they can have the puppy bowl they can have the puppy cup too yes why not preds acquire forward brandon bullig and goaltender troy grosnick from the sharks Uh what the fuck is a troy grosnick and bullig's still in the league (laughs) (laughs) you know they got the two of them for a sixth round pick apparently so they're very valuable (laughs) i mean they're both you know like ahlers i don't i don't i don't understand oh apparently grossnick's a is a a goalie go figure those are decisions (laughs) what the hell is the wizard doing oh there's a tweet about the bruins third line for buffalo Tomorrow night, and it's got Riley Nash, Rick Nash, and Big Sexy Kevin Nash. I'm all on board on this idea. I'm like, oh, let's just get, let's get, run around getting all the Nashes, you know. Graham, <laughs> Graham Nash, Steve Nash, Nash Bridges, um, Nashville, <laughs> Nashville, Washington Nationals, um, Nash Potatoes. Just, just find Nashes anywhere and have an all Nash roster. Nash Cato from Urge Overkill. <laughs> 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 and yes, I did say I did say Nashed potatoes in there. Yes. <laughs> well, remember how we were st- talking about how we were going to have to call him Dick Nash, and I was like, "Oh God, that's just you don't even want to know where my mind goes when I hear that." Please no. I'm not going to tell you. It's really disgusting <laughs> to me, anyway. I don't know. It might be just fine for you, but I'm not going to tell you. So apparently, it appears that Chris Kelly might be signing with the Ducks. <laughs> God, sure. Why not? Yeah, I mean, you know, that's... If, be, if Gianta got... Okay, Gianta, who didn't medal in the Olympics, got there, then how... Whereas Kelly actually had a half-decent tournament. Yep, of course he's going to sign with the Ducks. I'm surprised he's not signing with Edmonton. Yep. Whoa, and they're paying... I mean, okay, he's being paid quite a bit more. According to Bob McKenzie just now, I was expecting Canadian Olympian Chris Kelly has agreed to terms on a contract for the balance of the season. Anaheim will be worth one and a quarter million prorated plus bonuses. Oh, wow. Okay. One and a quarter. That's good. Yeah, good for you, Cage Face. That'll, like, you know, help pay, make the down payments on your robot legs. That's Captain Kaj Fasse to you. <laughs> <laughs> What we've noticed so far this trade deadline is that there have been a few trades that involved many different teams getting in on the action together. You know, a menage a trois of teams, basically. Uh, and also teams trading with, within the division. That's that's another thing. But we're going to talk about the, the three-team things, and we're going to talk about the most notable one, the one that really got Jeff's goat. Why in the actual fuck did the league allow this trade? Ah! All right, so what? let's break this trade down. The Penguins got Derek Brassard from Ottawa via Vegas, and there were some other things that were thrown in there. Yeah, okay, so so uh, it's, it's, it's a, this, this trade's very order of operations heavy here, because it's if this, then this. So the first step was um, uh, 
the um, Golden Knights sending a 22-year-old uh, forward prospect, uh, Tobias Lindeberg, mm-hmm. to the Penguins in exchange for a 2019 third-round pick. Oh, wow. The third-round pick was then traded to the Sens in exchange for Derek Broussard. Okay. So at this point, for those of you keeping score at home, we now have a Pittsburgh pick with the Senators, Tobias Lindbergh with the Penguins, and Derek Broussard with the Golden Knights. Now, the Golden Knights then trade Derek Broussard with 40% uh, retention on his, uh, on his uh, salary for this year and next to the Golden Knights for Ryan Reeves and Vancouver's 2018 fourth-round pick. So, in essence, you have the Golden Knights purchasing a fourth-round pick for approximately $2 million total. Mm. And then the last move is um, uh, the Pens then sending um, uh, Ian Cole, who's, of course, expiring uh, UFA defenseman, probably going to get flipped again. Goaltending prospect Philip Gustafson, not to be confused with, um, uh, with, with Jonas Gustafson or any of the other, or any of the several Eric Gustafsons out there, and there are several, and a 2018 first-round pick. That'll went to, goes to the Sens in exchange for uh, another 22-year-old forward prospect, Vincent Dunn, and a, twi- a-, and a 2018 third-round pick. So, in the end, the Sens walk away with Cole, uh, Philip Gustafson, a first, and a 2019 third. The Golden Knights um, uh, walk around with some dead cap hit, Ryan Reeves, and a 2018 fourth. And the Pens somehow walk out of this trade with not just a discount rate, Jared Derek Broussard, but also Tobias Lindbergh, Vincent Dunn, and a 2018 third round pick from the Senators. Uh, okay, before we proceed, how does that make you feel, Jeff? So fucking... Ah! <laughs> <laughs> that good, huh? <laughs> so, so, Jeff, what exactly about that makes you feel that way? <laughs> okay. Well, so... For starters, it's the most absurdly over-the-top flagrant cap uh, circumvention and abuse of the entire concept of salary retention. Yep. Um, you have you have Vegas throwing a bone to two different teams for not really that much return on, it, for, on itself, right? Like Vegas is basically paying a bunch of paying a bunch of Derek Broussard's coin here, and they got a fucking fourth-round pick out of it. Like maybe if Vegas walked away with a third, I'd feel better about this. I don't know. Furthermore. Now, the league has allowed the Pens to acquire Derek Broussard to be their third fucking line center for this year and next at a $3 million cap hit. Oh, fuck. And, and they still walked out of it with two C prospects and a third round pick. What the fuck is going on? Like, why did people trade with Jeremy Rutherford? It's like, you know, no, you hang up the phone. It's just like David Poyle. <laughs> you hang the fucking phone up. Yeah, they're going to out, out GM you. I want to know why the league seems to be in bed with both Chicago and Pittsburgh. Oh, oh, this is so blatant. This is up there with when, you know, Chicago put Patrick Kane on LTIR just before the deadline. So they traded for, um, what was it, uh, Timonen and Vermette. And then suddenly, oh my gosh, playoff start. Look, Patrick Kane can play now. Oh, It was a miracle. By the way, that's a $6 million cap circumvention. And they won a cup for it. I hate this league so much. Yep, yep. Um, I, I just wanted to, to read the Dave Lozo tweet for you. Broussard was only there briefly, but Vegas took 40% of his money. Sounds about right. It does. It fucking does. I also want to read another Dave Lozo tweet that's not related to this, but um, I think uh, I want to hear what your comments are on it. Okay, ready? This is actually from Joe McDonald. 
Nash said Joe Thornton texted him this morning to wish him luck in Boston. <laughs> yeah, Joe Thornton said that, did he? That's what Joe McDonald said. Uh, now, now Dave Lozo said there is no way Thornton was being anything other than sarcastic. And by saying that, no, <laughs> he was being real. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, you know, Jumbo's exit from Boston, in fact, all the time leading up to it, it was not a good relationship. Like that trade was happening one day, one way or the other. Eventually, it didn't need to be as shitty as it was. But, you know, here we are. Over a decade later, fuck it, I don't care. It made him the player he is today, so who cares? He and wasn't you know, getting it done have, here. We still have something from that trade. We still have Koklachev's rights and several more years of Dennis Seidenberg's cap hit. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, boy. You mean paying a guy to take care of Mark Barzel? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, anyway, yeah, I don't like the idea of the league being in, in bed with uh, Pittsburgh any more than I like them being in bed with Chicago. I well, like that makes it makes Pittsburgh so fucking terrifying now, too. They got a real third line center and like Riley Sheehan's no great shakes, but you're playing him on your fourth line. You're doing OK because yeah, he's better than a fourth line player. They, they loaded up. They load yeah, it up. They, what you do at the trade deadline is you load up or you unload. Right. So you load up for that playoff run. But. You know, now we just have to hope that Washington and, and Pittsburgh do enough damage to each other that everybody's fine after well, that. Well, the playoffs started today, which, of course, is a meaningless a meaningless sentence, but I'll say it anyway. Pittsburgh would play Philly in the first round. Oh, that might be fun. <laughs> and Philly would have home ice advantage. Ah, fantastic. <laughs> so, in short, those teams would probably grind each other to dust. Yep, and I'm which sure that Which isn't Ratko- ideal because um, I don't want the Caps to come out of the Metro because of Braden Holping. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Although I, we've made progress, but you know, I, I get it. I get it. I get. I dig it. But like, it makes the remaining what twenty three hours till the deadline interesting. Between the Pens making that trade, and now Boston picking up Rick Nash, like, what do? I mean, I doubt the Leafs are done just after Pukanich. So what more do the Leafs and oh good God, what does Tampa do? Mm, yeah, Tampa's being really quiet, and that's disturbing. I feel like we're moving towards a serious, mutually assured destruction in the East, which is great news for, like, sellers and stuff, but, like, I think we're going to be looking at quite a few teams spending quite a bit to beef up, and then they're just going to grind each other to dust, and whoever win comes out is going to lose to the West. Okay. Um, so, a Bergeron update. Okay, yes. Um, so, he's right now, he's testing his... Um, foot up and take in the warm ups and stuff. If he's unable to go, Holden will dress as the number seven defenseman, and McQuaid is in the lineup and Carlo is out. Oh, Carlo's had a couple of really, really fucking bad games, so I'm yeah. not surprised. Like yesterday, for example, people kept knocking Krug, but it's like, well, Krug was doing Krug things. Carlo failed to provide the security blanket Krug requires. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> Brendan Smith and JFK collide on the ice, resulting in JFK lying on his back in pain. Team Doctor came out and eventually got to his feet and was helped off the ice. Didn't look good. Fuck you, Brendan Smith. You're being paid four and a half million dollars to be in the AHL. Fuck. Mm. Okay. No, I look, I knew that, that McQuaid was going to factor into the lineup again tonight, and I suspected that they might have a, a seventh D because... Well, we talked about this before the show. We talked about how Bergeron 
being a game time decision throws a lot of things up in the air. So none of this is really that surprising. Yes, Carlo's been having a tough time. Carlo's trying to play a position differently than he had been playing it before. And it's there's a learning curve. And unfortunately, he doesn't have a lot of time to learn this. I, I, I feel like there's worth the experiment of running uh, Kevin with Krug and bumping Carlo down to the third pair with Grizzlick just to see if it lets uh, Carlo sort of get his confidence back. Uh, I say sit Carlo this time and then maybe you can well, play Well, for today, yes. But I think like you play with that for a bit. Because the way Carlo's been playing, when you go into a playoff situation, do you want to be giving him fourth pair of my top four minutes at that point? The way he's been playing lately? I don't think so. But... I'm hoping that he'll sit a little bit and he'll learn some stuff. It happens for other players. I don't want to give up the. I don't want to give up on him yet. Um, oh, I think it's entirely too early to give up on him. I mean, this is his second year in the league, and he was young as a rookie to begin with. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not worried about it. I'm just saying, like in the the short term, that is to say, between now in in the time that happen in games that occur between now and hopefully June, right? Right. Um, right. Right. Okay. Anyway, so... I've just heard a lot of talk this week, and it's made me just want to go, like, all of you just go away. That's all. That's all. You know? Just... I I just don't want to hear it. I I think a lot of that is fueled by how dodgy his play has been of late. So even a lot of, you know, even a lot of the same fans who were screaming last year that we couldn't trade him, that we absolutely couldn't include him in a trade for Landis Gog, which I was, of course, opposed for reasons that had relatively little to do with Carlo. But, um... Yeah, no, I I didn't want Landis Gog anyway. Look, I get it. I get it. The minute somebody's play starts slipping, the the immediate thing is trade him or sit him or whatever. Sit him. That's fine. You know, if you have enough defensemen at this point that you can rest a guy on back-to-backs, do it. Yeah. I'm I'm not. Yes. And you might want to sit him because he's played poorly. That's fine, too. Mostly, Uh, this team's priority going forward is to make sure we have home ice in what are for in the first round I, um, yeah. I think that's essential especially if it's going to be Toronto we need to be able to dictate that Matthews seldom plays against anyone not named Patrice Bergeron yeah. right <laughs> and as we saw yesterday when you have Toronto when Toronto has the home ice even without Matthews it does become trickier yeah the, the matchups are very critical for Boston in any series I mean so which is sort of the bummer with Tampa is like we're probably not going to catch Tampa to win the division, which means that they are going to face them with Tampa having home ice in the second round if they make it through the first. And assuming Tampa doesn't lose to Columbus as it's configured right now. Whoa. So apparently, so you know how Thomas Placanic was traded to the Maple Leafs? Mm-hmm. Apparently, since he's a pending uh, unrestricted free agent, he's already established contract parameters to sign back with the Canadians this offseason. According to Sportsnet's Eric Engels, that doesn't sound legal. Yeah, that that sounds fairly explicitly not. So, so, so Tim, expand on this. I haven't seen this, but it concerns me. Yeah, it, it, I just got the uh, up the update on the scores app, and um, that's all it really said. It said that like you know the parameters are set for him to resign, and it said then it went into a bunch of how he's been with them since had been with Montreal since 2001 and all that. So it really just, all it really stated was that. So I don't know. I don't know why. Like, like they, that's something that's, I mean, it might be a case of, he knows the contract that's on the table. If one come July 1st, he has the, if he chooses to go back there, maybe, maybe it just doesn't seem like that specific, the way it was worked, like the way it's worded there, like already agreeing to a deal. Or already having the parameters for a deal seems very, very 
much like uh, Collusion. Yeah. Speaking of, of Tom, Tom Spokanich, this is funny. So he is 19 games away from his 1,000th NHL game played. He got traded to the only team with fewer than 19 regular season games left. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, because uh, even the Bruins had like five games in hand on him last night. Yeah, so so basically he, yeah, so poor Thomas Pekanich will not. So for starters, he was 19 games away from 1,000 games with one franchise. That's, uh, you know, okay, that's not happening now. It's kind of a bummer, but, you know, fuck him. He's Thomas Pekanich, like I care. But like that, one game short on the season for his for a career 1,000 points. That's a... Uh, I mean, he'll he'll be back somewhere. It's just like that sucks. <laughs> yeah, that really does. Though I don't really like him very much anyway. Nope, nope, diving motherfucker. Yep, yeah, he's a jerk. <laughs> With a terrible goatee and an even worse turtleneck. I just think I think he's dirty. I just don't like him, and he's he's always going to have the have stink in my way of thinking. So fuck him. Well, he played. He he he's, he has played. You know, one thousand. No, sorry, nine hundred and eighty-one games with regular season games with the Habs plus playoff games. Yeah, he's he's nothing but Habs stink. Yeah. Well, now he's also got the Leaf stink on him. So. Yeah, but I don't feel as strongly about them as I do about the Habs. I just because I told you, I I told everybody in that tweet to fuck soup. It's just in the water around here. I knew I had to hate the Habs before I was even a fan of the team. It's just how it is. Yep. You know, uh, I I don't understand how you can be a Bruins fan and not hate the Habs just because because they exist. That's what it is. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. So anyway, we got you know we'll see what uh, what Tampa does. Like Tampa could stand pat and still be a a strongly favored team, but I think after the moves of Pittsburgh, Boston, and to a lesser degree, Toronto, they need to do something, don't they? Do we do we see something out of Tampa, something major out of Tampa in the night, between now and the deadline tomorrow? Or do you think they're going to hold hold Pat? Like, you know, particularly with moves by Boston and, uh, and Pittsburgh. If that Pittsburgh move is as big as it seems like it is, I'm not sure that getting Carlson is going to help for some reason. I just don't uh, well, think they, I, I don't think that Tampa has it if they're going to go against uh, Pittsburgh. I, there's just something about Pittsburgh. I don't, and I hate that. Um, I, I think Carlson is probably the one thing that would truly like, I personally would tip it back in the, in Tampa's favor. Were they to go to McDonough, that lines them up for a Tampa Pittsburgh ECF, I think. And I don't know who I bet on in that case. Like, I got even after two cups in a row, I have zero faith in Pittsburgh's defense, and frankly, not all of that much in Matt Murray either. But I, I, I will tell you that <laughs> if it came down to the two teams, I would much rather see Tampa Bay advance. Yep. Uh, so you know what? Go all uh, out. I, I, get I want Stamkos. I want Stamkos to get a cup. Like the guy's had a rougher career than someone of his talent should, <laughs> right? So, yeah, but at the same has. time, I you know. That's assuming, I mean, Bruins, I would still want for Bruins to get the cup, but, you know. Do it for an A. Exactly. Exactly. But, um, well, of course. Of course. But I'm just tired of Pittsburgh. I'm tired of all of them. Like, at least, at least, you know, I'm tired of Pittsburgh. I'm tired of how bland most of them are. I mean, that's a hockey problem in general, I know. I'm less tired of them than, than, um, uh, than the Blackhawks, of course, because they are considerably less loathsome. Not an accomplishment. Um, <laughs> and the Blackhawks yeah. are doing so poorly this year. I love it. Oh, watch the Blackhawks win the lottery and get, Dol- get Dolan, and then just everything would be fucked. <laughs> Jeff. Yeah, it's totally going to happen. You know it, right? Jeff, why? Why do you do this? 
<laughs> I just want to have a good time, Jeff. <laughs> Not a lot. I'm, I'm so I'm so sorry. <laughs> On the flip side, a lot of the other basement teams, I think I want to see Darling there almost as little as I do Blackhawks. Really, can we just like cancel all the? Uh, did you just like cancel all the non-playoff teams and you know draw from playoff teams out of a hat to get Dallin? Because like I mean, you know what? No, yeah, you know but... what you could do. You could do what any other reasonable league does, right? And that's not including NBA. Sorry, NBA. Nothing against you, but I just don't think this is a reasonable practice. You know what? If you fucking suck, you get the first pick. That's it. <laughs> I can deal with Arizona getting him. Yeah, yeah, because uh, that's just not our problem. Yeah, you, you know, I mean, you hate to see talent wasted like that because Arizona is terrible. Oh, and they're not getting any Arizona, better. But it means it means they're going to be used to it in like two years. It's fine. I, they'll sell them at some point. It'll be fine. But like, in you know, there are other sports where it's just like if you're just really terrible, like the Cleveland Browns, you get the first overall pick because you're terrible, like the Cleveland Browns. And then you screw it up every year because you're the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> you'll eventually get traded away or you'll sign somewhere else. It's, you know, sometimes I think sometimes you have to experience adversity to really appreciate what you have. Or you'll develop a coke habit and be out of league in two years. I mean, no. either way. Hey, Johnny Manziel is getting treatment for his bipolar disorder. He sounds That's... reasonable. I'm glad that he's getting the treatment and help that he needs and that he's climbing up. That is, You know what? I could not stand him. Not at all. I just thought he was like the biggest, trashiest jerk. But it's it, so entitled. Trust me. Very, very entitled because his, his father's like fucking rich. But the thing is, is that he had to fall down really low and build himself back up. And I respect that. I, I want a feel-good story. That's why I like sports. I want feel-good stories. Don't you? Johnny Manziel, the feel-good story. I mean, yeah, I do. I, I feel I am actually happy that he's getting... I, I'm a sucker for a redemption story. If Patrick Kane decided that he wanted to go help abused and sexually abused women in the proper way, like donating money to ch uh, causes or, you know, having, uh, you know, sponsoring legislation or doing good things for other people and trying to overcome all that shittiness that he has, I would be all for it. But he is not that guy. Right? It's true. It's true. So it's like... I, I want people, if they do terrible things or they fall down, I want them to pick themselves back up however they can. Now, it's easy for sports people generally because they tend to have money. But what I'm saying is, like, be a better person. Sorry. I feel like this is a theme lately. Yeah, a little bit. But, I, you know, I, I just... I don't mean to lecture you, Tim. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I just like, I like good stories. And you know what? I was talking about this last night. You know, it's like, um, you know, the, the, the Germany uh, or game there. And it was kind of like Malcolm Gladwell, who I, I, I like his writing. And I think he gets me to think in different ways. He says that at no time should you ever root for the underdog. It's just stupid. Just why do it? And I'm like, but I love to root for the underdog, especially if I really like the underdog, because I, I feel better that way. I don't always I think... I feel like that's a... that's a Wow. Like I, my opinion of Malcolm Gladwell just went into absolute freefall for like 40,000 different reasons with that quote. Okay. <laughs> Why watch sports then at all? Is what... Uh, you know... 
it's just like uh, he said it. I think he said it either on Radio Lab or some other NPR show. But like even beyond sports, just as a general ethos, it's an awful thing to do. Oh yeah, it is. Well, he was talking about in sports, specifically sports. He was not talking because trust me, all of this stuff that he does, like his his podcast, his revisionist history podcast, he is talking about making it possible for people who are disadvantaged who can do brilliant things who who study really hard who have great brains they just don't have the opportunity or the networking for them to have the ability to rise up and get those opportunities okay so he's all for like you know empowering people and trying to get people to um to make society better but in the way of sports, he says, why root for the uh, the underdog? There's just no reason to do that. That makes no sense. And I think that, you know what? That's fine. He can think that way. For me, though, I like a good underdog story, especially if I really like the underdog. I I haven't thought much about the, the Patriots' loss a couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago now, I think it is. I haven't thought too much about it. I'm, I I feel like it's like it. it's not a big thing. They lost. We've been very, very lucky. It's okay. I'm not really sad. But it's kind of nice to see another team that didn't, that, that's never won a Super Bowl. They've won championships, but not a Super Bowl, to get in there and win. Okay? It's it's fine. It's that That's cool. I just hate that it's Philly, specifically. Yeah, see, now it, you can see how I kind of traipsed around that. <laughs> yeah, 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 I um, saw, yeah. <laughs> yeah, one thing I will say, it's like, uh, that's one thing I've actually enjoyed about, the, again, you know, not being a Pats fan, watching the Pats dominance is watching everyone everywhere who are not Pats fans do backflips to justify rooting for the other team, regardless of how conspicuously hopeless they were. Yeah, I was not rooting for the Eagles. I'm glad they won it. You know, I would love to see, like, you know, the Jags get in there and the Browns eventually and the Lions. I, I like to see other people in there. It's great. It's good for your game. Just just not the Jets or, or Bills. Never um, the Jets. I am okay with the Bills. I, I really don't have much of an opinion on them. I think, I think the Bills fans are awesome just because they're so crazy. Uh, I think they can be jerky, too. But you know what? It's okay. It, I don't have a real opinion on them. On it, you know, it it varies back and forth uh, depending on my mood. Uh, but Jets, I always will hate them. I don't like their fans. I think they feel like this like weird sense of entitlement for no apparent reason. One time you won a game before I was born. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just don't get that. They're they're the sort of they should be a fan base that you know lends itself to being sympathized with, but they they absolutely do not. No, I can't have sympathy for them. I just can't. I, I, uh... The one thing I will say, though, Philly, Chris Long is probably, like, one of the best human beings in football. And, I'm, and I like seeing him win again just because it's him. Like, he, he, he donated his entire game salary this year to, like, charity. Like, every game check he donated. Like, he's a good person. So it's, like, it's cool to see someone like that win, like, despite playing for Philly. I'm going to be honest with you. I wish he looked more like his dad. <laughs> Kyle Kyle does. His no, brother no, does. No, no, neither one of them looks like their dad. <laughs> I think Kyle looks more like his dad than than Chris, than Chris does, though. Okay, let me just say. Oh, let's wait, say wait, this... uh, these guys are Howie Long, Long's kids. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I didn't. I actually didn't know that. Yeah, and, and you know what's really funny? 
what's really funny is that did you pick up that they were Howie Long's kids based on my reaction? <laughs> well, when they started saying they looked like his dad, I'm like, that's an oddly specific thing. Wait, Long. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I have always had a thing for Howie Long since I was a kid. Oh, man. Since I was a kid, man. Oh. But anyway, uh, me and Rob Halford, we have something in, in common. Ex-Judas Priest, sometimes maybe current Judas Priest singer, but dig Howie Long a lot. So anyway, yes, uh, <laughs> that's terrible. It's a terrible thing to say. Chris Long does wonderful things. And I, I am so like, like, I just wish he looked like his dad. <laughs> his brother does a lot of good stuff, too. They both kind of team up with doing a lot of stuff, so, like the Waterboy stuff. I think their parents did good work then instilling good values in them um you know an interesting thing howie and his wife don't travel on the same plane together or at least they didn't when the kids were younger because there's a third brother in the mix somewhere too they don't they didn't travel in the same plane together just in case something happened so if they were going somewhere they'd take two different flights there no kidding interesting wow yeah she's a lawyer I don't know what kind of law she practices, but it might be contract law. But yeah, so th- that that's how it is. Uh, that's what she, uh, that's what they did, and they instilled some good values in them. And and actually, you know what? I I've always wondered about Howie and his politics, and it it's not that important, I guess. But I think um, raising good kids just shows what kind of guy, a person you are, right? Absolutely. So bravo to the Longs. Especially when you're like, it's easy for someone who's a celebrity and famous like that to not raise your kid correctly. Like, it's easy to kind of not even be there at all. Especially when you're a football player and you want to make sure that your wife has the career that she wants to have too. Okay? Because that's, you know, he, um, I think he supported her through law school and, you know, she supported him through all of his football stuff. So it's like, yeah. I mean, it's they're the they're the ideal family. There we go. They are. We're all slacking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, okay. So we've talked about that per, that trade. We've gotten a little off topic. <laughs> Weird. How does that Weird. happen? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we talked about that awful trade that that made Jeff very angry. You know, we talked about what the Bruins could do, what other teams have done, and. Uh, is there anything more to like, are you, what are you really worried the Bruins will do? Tank. No, they're, well, they're not going to do that. They're not going to do that. Um, but that is a very valid reason, I guess. Yeah. Worry. I don't know if I have anything to, to worry about their actions in the next 22 hours. Like I think it's either a minor move. They have some more cap space. So they could get up another, they could get another depth forward if they wanted. Or they'll, you know, say, you know what, we're good now, thanks, and uh, just, you know, you know, just, just, just chill the fuck out while everyone else is making their phones, blowing up each other's phones. So, I'm, I'm reluctant to, to mess too much more with this chemistry. I would like to add a better spare forward than Gianta if there's one to be had for a, a low, for a late pick, late in the day tomorrow. Right. If not, there's no reason Austin Zarnick can't be that anyway. Well, I don't think that he's messing with the chemistry. I think he's kind of an add-on. So, yeah. Well, exactly. And I, well, and it's the same as Gianta. I think any more additions are going to be like Holden. They're bodies. They're not actually likely roster players, right? 
right. Nash is probably the only roster player addition, unless, and I, I doubt it's going to happen now because of, uh, because because they kind of blew their wad on uh, buying uh, Nash and picking up Nash. There's not going to be a move for McDonough or whatever, right? I don't so not unless they feel really bad about destroying the Rangers. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you never know. <laughs> Honestly, I, I'm not too worried. Like, I know people over dramatize, dramatize, whatever, are overly dramatic about Sweeney and his moves and stuff like that. But at the same time, he's done pretty well right now so far with the deadline. And honestly, if you don't trust Sweeney by now, you're never going to. So go fly a kite. And this team, you know, you had to go. You had to do something bold here. Yeah. Um, you know, in all likelihood, Bergeron and Char will never be this good again. Nope. You're taking advantage of a window that's closing. You, you have to do this right now. And in that context, they paid a pretty reasonable price and made some changes that will help the ter- team longer term. I think I am very happy with how the team has managed this deadline. I'm pretty, and, I'm pretty stoked, too. I think that we're probably as stacked as we can get right now for this, given that this was not supposed to happen this year. Right? Yeah. I mean... We thought they'd be competitive, but it's like, wow. And I want them to be competitive well into May and June. So Yes. And again, I would like to thank the team for, for getting all this done in time for us to include it on our show this week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. None of this, you know, fringe trade popping in, getting officially announced 20 minutes after the actual deadline, like, say, last year. Yeah. Oh, um what was it last year? It was Drew Stafford. Yes. And that was, and that came out very late. Like, is it, it wasn't even, it wasn't even rumored that it was happening until after the deadline was actually closed. That's right. That's right. I remember that now. Okay. All right. Well, okay. I think we've talked about that a fair amount. I don't really feel like talking about any games. We've got a lot of content here. Why don't we just kind of slide into the schedule and. Okay. Well, in 25 minutes, this team plays Buffalo. Yay. There's nothing sexy about a game against the Buffalo Sabres. Nope. No. No, no. Eichel, possibly no Bergeron. Eh. No, uh, no Evander Kane, from what I heard. Isn't that true? Oh, you're right. They might be scratching him to keep him, you know, not hurt in, in, in preparation of moving him tomorrow. That's what yeah. I had heard, yeah. So yeah, that's 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 a game. <laughs> um, that's a game then, that can be played. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, on Tuesday, it's a it's a game straight for uh, for for for, for um, uh, bagel brew the bagel Bruins hard itself. It's uh, against Carolina at the Garden, seven p.m. on Tuesday. That's February twenty seventh. So you know, like Noah Hannafin gets to play again, uh, play in front of his friends and family. That's cool. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he can. Yes, he can. As well as uh, UNH alum uh, Brett Pesci. Uh, I think he was a UNH guy. Something like that. Anyway, might have been confused with someone else. That didn't happen. Oh, and then the week ends with two more games on a homestand mm-hmm. against Pittsburgh with their new, now indestructible death machine down the center. Comes shows to the Garden at 7 p.m. on Thursday. And that's Vegas's birthday. Oh, 
Or that's the like date. Actually, I the one you've chosen. Okay, yeah. Well, I mean, her birth date, when I calculated it, it was like the first week of March. So I'm just going to say March 1st. Okay. And then at 5 p.m. Eastern on Saturday, with one of those just what-the-fuck start times, um, against, <laughs> it's the fourth game of the season against the Habs. In Boston. In Boston. The last game of the, the Habs, season for them. Against the Habs that by then may no longer have Patchy already. Ha! <laughs> They won't have Placanich. They don't have Placanich, yeah. And they don't have Yarabek, who was also traded. And they might not have uh, Galchenyuk. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't heard much anything about Galchenyuk in a while. My guess is he's he's a a, a draft trade, if at all. But uh, yeah, I think that about sums it up. Yes. Was oh yeah, their other big move this week was some uh, was was a, a fi- It was finally you know. Letting Shea Weber have that surgery that he's needed since October. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Ugh. Yeah, you know it's like it's one of those things where, like, even if he had it didn't need the surgery, he would never want to come back to this team. <laughs> that well, reminds me of the other Bruins news this week too that we forgot. Oh, okay. It's a fucking drag. Anders Bjork oh. having shoulder surgery. It's going to have him out for six months. Yes. <sighs> Yes, um, basically they went in arthroscopically, or did an arthroscopic uh, cleanup in there, and he also had a torn labrum. So uh. they repaired that, or whatever you do with a torn labrum. I didn't really look it up, I just remembered, like, writing about it. Like, oh yeah. yeah. It was a very packed hockey day, so it kind of... Um, escape my mind so sorry yeah so yeah that happened and uh, that's 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 fucking shame good news is a shoulder injuries are some of the easiest ones for NHLers to come back from it seems a lot easier than a knee knee or or a high ankle sprain those things seem to fuck them up for a long term so yeah and remember i i wanted to point out that uh Berge, wasn't that what he had earlier in the season like a high ankle sprain that he was trying to get through i believe yes, so it was. Yeah. yeah so it wouldn't it wouldn't uh, surprise me that he's going through, getting through something like that again with his injury, his, his nebulous injury. But anyway, yes, go on. No, oh, no, that's so. Yeah, that's that sucks for Andrews Bjork, but he'll be okay. Um, and then yeah, the last game for the week there is is that Montreal game on Saturday. Um, yeah, I uh, didn't really hear from too many people this week except for uh, Cars and Hockey to tell us, um, you know, when Jack wasn't very pleased with a a goal. It was a call from a that was a call a goal from a, with a bad call and that was why he most of why Jack was angry about it I think yeah yeah and then the, just some stuff going through like uh, Gene Catherine was like what about what's this about a Ginla and and we all had to figure that out at the same time you know and then you guys were talking about Rick Nash this morning and Riley Nash and how to sort all that stuff out Oof, gosh and I, I wish Riley Nash took like switched to number sixteen just to screw everyone up. Okay, that's another thing. They're both—they're just putting Nash on both their both their their name plates. Yeah, that's like that's like the cop out of all cop outs. There, Bruins. What the fuck? Yeah, I think one should be Nash and one should be R Nash, and I think Riley Nash should just be Nash because he was here first. Boom. I want I want Nash point oh and Nash point one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's how what they should have done. Um, Riley's number twenty and. Rick Nash is number 20.1. Yeah, that's how it should have been done. Too bad they didn't take advantage of that stupid Bruins. Anyway, I don't know if we have it. Oh, yeah, we we have a whole thing that we have to go through, don't we? Yeah, yeah, we do. I don't know what happened. I started losing my motivation a little while ago. 
You can listen to us on SoundCloud, uh, on Google Play, on Stitcher, on iTunes, and other places where you can regularly listen to podcasts. You can... <laughs> what? Why are you laughing? <laughs> it's such a circuitous, circuitous way of saying that. <laughs> that was beautiful. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, sure. I... Brain no function now. I ready to eat and stuff. Yeah, I'm a little hungry, so I'm a little less focused. Uh, <laughs> if you do listen to us on iTunes, you can make sure to rate us there. Oh, I boy. believe you can also rate us on other platforms too. I don't know, but you know, rate us places people might listen. That'd be cool. Yeah, we like rate. you, but we like you. We just want there to be more of you, listeners. Yeah, share share <laughs> with your friends. That would be fine. You know, if they like funny nerdy Bruins talk you know let's see uh, you can contact us on Twitter at Barely and Topic on Facebook at Barely and Topic Podcast our individual um, Twitter things which I might actually put in the uh, the weekly descriptions at VA from RI and I'm of course at Dr. Hand Grenade and I am at Tim A. Richardson yeah I think that's pretty good yeah anything else that I have to wrap up been such a while. Oh, no, I think you, you got them all. Yeah. All right, Tim. Takes out. Word.